right, so me and Alex are here with Keith Buckley. Uh, what you might know about him is that he's from uh, Every Time I Die, Damn Things. He wrote a book. He's on Twitter. Uh, he has a beef with Vizio about their mm-hmm. TVs. But what you might not know about him is that he is an avid Kids Bop uh, concert goer as of this summer. Yep, fourth row from the front. So we could talk to him about some of the interesting shit in his life, but instead we're going to talk to him about this Kids Bop concert. This is a, this was actually up there for me, to be honest. It was We got the VIP package, so I mean, it wasn't any just like pedestrian viewing of the Kids Bop kids. It was, I was up close. We got a, an early like meet and greet uh, Q&A thing. We got our faces painted. We got like a, a oh, goodie man. bag. <laughs> it was killer. They gave us some pretzels and some uh, lemonade. It's awesome. I feel, yes, I feel it, bad. I feel bad for the people that couldn't have it like that. So I would make the argument that you know you don't get like a VIP pass to your own shows. No. So no, probably no, no. this was a much better show. Yeah. Than any show you ever played. These kids like have their own. I, th- I mean, there were only four that showed up. So I think they each had their own bus, which is just insane. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was an enormous production. There was four of the kids. Ah, oh, fuck. You know what? It was like Isaiah. Juliet, um, I'm gonna. I'll look up the other guys, but uh, yeah, it was it was a really really intense intense experience. I could have easily believed that they would have like 20 kids on stage, so it's kind of. I thought they would. I, I wonder how they pick the four that are gonna go on the tour. If they swap it up, if they like have to fight for it. Yeah, like yeah, a, I don't a know. Thunder, a Thunderdome thing. Um, um, did they like play any instruments, or did they just like sing and dance, or? They just sing and dance. I mean, they, you know, they did what warp tour bands do and just hold instruments without plugging them in. So I mean, Ooh, I, nice. it was kinda, yeah. yeah, it's kind of the norm. But yeah, they, uh, they, they looked like they were playing a little bit. So one of the guys, well, one of the guys, I, I got to find his name. He didn't really, I don't know. He, I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying that he was actually playing a solo on the guitar. I don't think there were strings on it. So that's the least <laughs> they could do. Like considering they have like confetti cannons and like all these enormous video screens and they're set up in an amphitheater. Just put strings on the guitar for... Yeah, they're really taking these kids for fucking suckers, thinking all the kids (laughs) won't notice the difference. They're not going to (laughs) recognize. Yeah, but um, other than that, yeah, I liked it. Uh, So wait, so long. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at notable kids bop along. All right, I'll I'll figure out who the guys were at the one I saw. Did they play play any Every Time I Die songs? Yeah, they did. They they opened with uh, No Son of Mine, which is appropriate (laughs) for kids. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, but our... uh, our our booking agent, the the guy that books every time I die shows and tours, books Kids Bop as well. So we're kind of, it's like we're we're uh, we have the same lineage almost. Like you have to be on each other's bills. So yeah, you know, once <laughs> every start, single show. Yeah. When when you sort of kick out the rest of the lineup of every time I die and uh-huh. make it all about you, uh-huh. you've got like a farm system. You can pull these kids up You're from right. the minor it's leagues. Like, it's like a menudo. Yeah, it's like a menudo. I can just keep swapping them yeah. out when they get too old. These kids so, were um I mean, these kids were majors though. I mean, the, like these these kids were absolutely pro. I mean, uh, we'll, I mean, we we'll probably cover it, but I mean, just the questions and answers section alone, like the very exclusive little uh they were they were standing up on the stage, which the stage is like I'm not lying, maybe like twenty feet high, and they had the like two rows of fold out chairs directly in front of the stage, so you're you're pretty much just looking up, you know, like a ninety degree angle up at the or hundred eighty oh, degree geez. angle like right <laughs> up at the right up at the kids, and uh, it was very intimidating, but they handled themselves like professionals, and uh, 
I'm kind of making really a guess answers. here based on reading articles in the last hour. I think the kids who do like the live shows seem like they're maybe like 15 to 17. And I think the kids mm. who start in the program are like nine to 12. So I'm just guessing that like they have their own farm system almost where like you kind of oh, work totally. up You're from right. being yeah. like the 10 year old. And There's well, a whole program. Yeah. Yeah, there is. I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing it because if you watch like the um, some of the newer videos, if you watch like um, Uptown Funk, uh, you'll see some of like the bigger stars, you know, and, and you look like at Havana and things like that. You'll see these guys are, are really the, the ones that are shining right now. But if you go back to the early songs, they're not getting much play. They're not getting much airtime. Um, and I think it's because they just had to kind of prove themselves. You know what I mean? So it's nice to watch. If you watch, you know, the earlier Kids Bob episodes and then you watch the later ones, it's good to see the ones that have really grown into their roles as leaders. They had to compete with adults early on. Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, have you listened to those early albums, Keith? We were listening to them earlier. Have you? No, I didn't. Like Kids Bop 1, it's okay. Yeah. So on Kids Bop 1, it's almost entirely just like a weird adult man singing all the songs by himself. Oh my God, um, Dad, Dad Bop. Yeah, and there's just some kids in the background once in a while on, on like the hooks or something. Um, Alex told me to listen to all the small things, and it was really uh -huh. fucking incredible. We're like, <laughs> so my favorite thing about the song is that the vo the main vocal is panned surprisingly hard to the right. Yeah. So the whole thing just feels like off axis and really weird. And the guitars, they clearly just plug the guitars right into the interface. They're just like DI'd with like an overdrive plug-in. It sounds like shit. Like it sounds worse than karaoke. <laughs> So they yeah, really came a long way. It's yeah. hard to imagine how that came to be. Like, just I some totally, uh, some boiler room office. Yeah, where some guy totally was like, agree. "Let's make sound alikes," and then Play, it didn't and sound alike. Like, and playing like like I mean, at some point they had to go live with it. So just imagine them like playing shitty little venues, like bars, and like just for, just for beer tickets. That's their only pay, and they have to just keep fucking <laughs> grinding until they can finally afford a bus. Yeah, Kids Bop has world. been. Uh, They've actually been around since the 80s. They had a couple EPs. They got assigned to uh, 4AD Records. <laughs> yeah. and then They got to Victory. Yeah, they were signed yeah. to Victory at first. They bankrupted Creation Records. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, Kids Bop 1 was uh, release date October 9th, 2001. I remember like, it was yesterday. Here's um, what's funny is that like, so in 2001, I was 13. Mm -hmm. You would think that I would be in the demographic for that, but I was just listening to real songs. Like... Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not really I sure what. I don't what, understand why they're they're. It's drawn like such a huge. I mean, because it's not like the the real songs are unlistenable. It's not like they make them like they add silly noises or anything. You know what I mean? To like make them more kid friendly, they just yeah just have like higher pitched voices, I guess. And especially if you don't even watch the videos like I do religiously. If you if you're just listening to it like I also do religiously, then you know it's, it's there's <laughs> not really much of a difference. So it's hard to. Really yeah, they're just sound-alikes with child yeah. background vocals. My, and I, my personal, my guess was like, there's probably families that are just like, oh, this is safe because they'll edit out any like bad words or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. But like, a lot of the songs they do aren't even like particularly offensive, so I don't really know. Well, like, they, I know some of have, them are. Yeah, some of them are. Yeah, they. I mean, like they, they have that the the video for that Ariana Grande song, that "Thank You Next" song. You know, that's about like pretty much just like. I guess like just promiscuity and, and impermanent. I mean, this is just me just have to diving, doing a deep dive into Ariana Grande lyrics. But on the uh, on the video, they set it up where there's it's a hair shop, 
and the the lady saying thank you next is like the secretary taking appointments. So she's like, oh, they've, funny. they've 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 yeah they put it put it through a prism that's a little they more. They recontextualize. Innocent. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So here's what's fun. I'm gonna skip ahead to this because it was something I found on their Wikipedia where there's some fucking um, criticism section on their Wikipedia page. Oh god. And there's a 2017 study. Um, that found that replacing words and phrases in songs does not dissociate the original in the minds of young listeners who've heard the original. So there's some uh, University of Colorado media studies professor uh, mm -hmm. named Christopher Bell who says, kids bopping is, is an abomination <laughs> because it censors language and not Jealous content. <laughs> it alters specific words without changing or obscuring the underlying tone or meaning. He explained, I don't need a sanitized version of Despacito. I need eight-year-olds to not be singing Despacito because that song is super dirty. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. He sounds like a real prude, though. So who gives a shit? Yeah, he's exactly. <laughs> you can't choose yeah, Despacito for that because people are gonna think you're just racist. It chooses you. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. You can't single that one out. <laughs> yeah, it chooses yeah. you. It's like King Arthur's sword. <laughs> yeah. Whoever can pull uh, Daddy Yankee's dick. Out of some good Kula. <laughs> Gets to be king. So, Keith, from your personal experience then, like, how did your daughter get into Kids Bop? Or, like, what's what's your own personal anecdote of why you're familiar with this story? I, hon I, I, have, I honestly have no idea. I really don't. I don't know how it happened. I went away on tour and came back, and she was into it. But it was, like, relentless. <laughs> she was just constantly doing it. And, I, I mean, I think maybe just through flipping, because this is, like, a Kids Bop channel on the... Um, on like serious radies radio so maybe in the morning okay. it would just kind of flip through but i don't know i don't i not, we, i've tried to like be like no the, the real song is, is pretty good too you know what i mean like you can you can listen to the yeah. real song um <laughs> so you but try I to also, steer her away yeah, from kids yeah. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to like weird al i do the opposite of like if there's a real song I'm like well there's you got to hear this weird al version it's, it's way better so <laughs> yeah we're no we're no uh, stranger to parody in this house but she uh I don't know. She just loves it. And and then we went there and I mean, it was like just watching her, like watch these kids talk. It was like, I, I, you know, for obviously for little kids, seeing something like once on the TV, now off the TV has got to be just such a fucking traumatic experience. So it was, it was <laughs> I do wild. kind of imagine like it's sort of empowering for kids, though, to go to a show that's like by kids, I guess, mm -hmm. like. It has to, well, there's clearly something there that's kind of like motivational or something. Yeah. And I mean, especially the, the there was a guy next to me that had no kids. Uh, he had no sleeves on his shirt and he had no, <laughs> no legs on his shorts. Uh, and he was there and he was fucking singing along to every word. So it stays Did with, you yeah. talk to him at all or like no, figure no, no, out no, no, anything no. about I, why I, he was no. there? No. No. <laughs> Didn't want to know. Just left, so it, left it as a. Were there a bunch of just like grown ass men there by themselves? Uh, I did see a few, yeah, I really did. But then it's it's just one of those things where you you, you feel like maybe they're like industry jackoffs that are like there to like just kind of supervise and make sure that everything's going well. And they're just you know in in the crowd to check out how it sounds. Who knows? Yeah, they it's could be production too. people for Nickelodeon. Uh, totally. Yeah. They uh, they don't have to be weird. They could right. be totally normal to guys be like Dan Schneider. Yeah, it could be coincidental that they're weird. They but they do like. Uh, I found out that they. Um, tour like the, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday run, and then they all fly home, and then they fly really? back to Jeez. do. Yeah, so that seems like more exhausting than just doing the it, fucking tour. I totally agree, and that's why I wonder if maybe they they swap them out. You know, like you were saying, like there's like yeah, shifts. have a couple. Yeah, the A team, the B team. 
What if they're all twins? <laughs> the understudies. <laughs> like Mary yeah. Kate and Ashley on Full House. What if they're all twins and they they're they rotate? Or they're actually clones, yeah. Oh, oh shit. That's cool. Uh, That's remember when Dan told the story on here about uh, the guy he lived with in like the anarchist house who thought that KFC was breeding boneless chickens to make boneless chicken breasts? My theory, <laughs> my theory is that they're breeding True, by uh, the way. boneless, boneless kids, bop kids to <laughs> pubeless clone they're, them boning, them out. they're cloning pubeless kids to keep them <laughs> yes. kids. Bop. You don't have to pluck them. Smooth, yeah, <laughs> pre plucked, <laughs> freshly shorn children. They're so Beautiful. good at dancing. Beautiful when, the, when they don't have bones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of jiggle them, just like, yeah. just prod them from off stage with like a stick. And There's a, I see that in 2009, there was a Kids Bop Sings the Beatles song. It'd be cool. I just keep picturing them singing like Maxwell Silverhammer or something really fucking cool. <laughs> actually, now I'm thinking about the boneless Kids Bop kids. Um, you should actually just put them on like a PA that has like a lot of the like bass in it. And they just bounce up and down off the PA when the bass hits, you know, it's just rattling them up. <laughs> Boneless kids bop kids is pretty awesome. There's a there's some merch there for sure. I was watching all of the commercials in order from one to like thirty eight or whatever it is now, uh-huh. and you can tell that the kids last like three or four years mm-hmm. on average, and then it'll be a totally new group of kids. Yeah, they they kill them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they put them down. They got to put them down like horses. They like take, yeah, take, they take them out to a field and they <laughs> fucking shoot them. Or yeah. if it's during a show, they just put a curtain around them. <laughs> like when a kid's leg snaps in half trying to do, trying to do like that kid and play jump over the leg move, but he just fucking snaps and they have to take him back. <laughs> You're too old. You have to be on your knees on the, You're <laughs> for this like show. Dor- like Dorf go- does golf where like, they put the, the shoes on their knees as they're getting older to keep them short. Um, so i kind of want to go back to what you're saying keith about like they each have their own tour bus like mm -hmm. that seems like a way to like fuck these kids up right like i I would love i really uh, genuinely not for selfish reasons or perverted reasons really want to see like a documentary on a kids about tour and and, like really yeah same get get in Mm -hmm. like on the ground floor with one of these kids and follow them for years, like through this whole thing afterwards. I mean, I'm because it, it can't like I, I was saying before we started recording that the tour that every time and I just did with Cody and Cameron and Mastodon, we were in, you know, amphitheaters like the one at, at, that I saw them at, um, but just in different states, obviously, than this one. And uh, there was there was uh, kids bop graffiti like on the, the walls of the green rooms. And it was all like real innocent, you know, like. You know, Isaiah says, have a great summer. And then it's just a picture of like a dick just fucking jizzing yeah. on like enormous like <laughs> boobs slash butt cheeks. And like these kids are, are they're, they're not sheltered. They, they're, they're in the same rooms that these touring bands are in, you know. So yeah, they're, they're thrown it, into like a purely adult environment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. It's crazy. Do you um, think but, it's the opposite of a regular band and they're trying to get adults on their tour bus? they're trying to to lure parental figures out to like to chide them and show them discipline (laughs) man yeah i want to see a documentary i think somebody should do it yeah i was kind of hoping you're you're gonna get us as close as we can get to the documentary Mm -hmm. from the one show you went to so i'm gonna find i mean you know now that i know that we have uh the same booking agent in common i i really I, i i'm gonna go see more of them for sure and then yeah, it's you just gotta gonna open be like, them, dude. it's gonna be like one of those things where it, I, I, it just becomes so 
frequent that it's not even done like ironically anymore that I'm just actually like, I can't imagine my life without it, but it's the price I'm willing to pay. <laughs> You're going to be like a grateful dead, uh, guy. A, except a kid for, head. Yeah. I'll be yeah, a kid, a kid head. head. <laughs> the grateful dead were too stupid to do the kids. Bop. <laughs> yeah. And once Jerry Garcia died, they should have made a new Garcia. You're right. We could do like Box of Rain or Friend of the Devil as Kids Bop. Kids Bop should do a Grateful Dead song, just a fucking like 30 minute like yeah. jam set jam session on stage with stringless guitars. The kids would be too old by the time it was over. <laughs> <laughs> They're all smoking like those candy cigarettes with the flower smoke coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so wait, one that. one detail you briefly mentioned earlier that I want to hear more about is uh you got your faces painted at the show but like yeah. there's there's not really a lot of like kids bop uh insignias mm-hmm. right it's not like they have like the grateful dead bear or something so right. what do you so do? well I we my wife and I didn't but I, uh, we could have but the, my, uh, it was just like a they had like a, a hello kitty thing and they had just like you know a dra- I mean it was like a county fair setup you know so it was like this woman that, I mean, probably one week she was painting faces, and the next week she's making the slime, you know, as they as they want to do. So they, they probably don't really have any actual face painting talent, but it'd be nice to get somebody <laughs> in there with some real skills, some real well, The great face thing about face skills. painting is that you can't see it, and everyone, right. <laughs> no one's going to tell a kid your face paint looks like yeah. shit. <laughs> so they, they never have a find out. booth there, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like a kick me sign that you have no idea that you, like how humiliating it is. But everyone else kind of looks. Yeah, like, I, I always understood that as a kid. I never wanted mm-hmm. to get my face painted because mm-hmm. it's like I don't know what this looks like. Right, right. Yeah, the lady was like working on tips too, and I like felt really because it was like it was included with the the, the VIP package thing. But then you're so they like corral you into this this tent. Oh, here's another thing that was crazy. So, okay, so they it's like super fucking hot. It was like the middle of, of July, and uh, they crawl you into this tent, and they give you like refreshments and stuff, and you can make slime, and you can get your face painted and do all this stuff. Um, but it it got so hot, and like there's no trees or any, and there's no other coverage in this entire park except for the amphitheater, which you couldn't go in yet, and this VIP tent. So all these kids are coming in and they're just like, they're just like loitering and it's just insanely hot. Like the sun is directly above everyone. And so these kids are trying to like, they see kids playing in this tent and they're trying to like come over and like seek shade and some connection. And there's fucking bouncers at the door. Like, (laughs) that's amazing. Sorry, man. VIP only, (laughs) VIP only, like actually bouncing kids. With the kids just like running up and just trying to you know have fun and like they see all these kids in this tent being cool and having refreshing drinks and their faces are painted and they're dancing and the bouncers are just fucking straight up kicking them out. So uh, <laughs> that's amazing. That's they're teaching these be, kids uh, a valuable life lesson. Absolutely, yeah. Make them an ice agent. These that's that's how ice agents train. Yeah. God, that's so fucking funny to be a bouncer. Like just <laughs> these fucking kids. Just get yeah. the fuck out of here, kid. Yeah. <laughs> we need more bouncy houses and less bouncers for these children. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They didn't have a bouncy house. I wish they did. They had merch though, and they they actually had like, uh, like kids bought like, you know, like merch that was kind of parent oriented, like vinyl um, LPs. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, but yeah, they had like the uh, like the foam fingers and stuff, and just huge like margarita cups. But I don't know, shit was pricey, man. Oh, I could imagine it'd be out of control. It was uh, was anyone long. like? Were any of the parents just like fucking wasted there? 
after a while, yeah, Zuzana's parents, my daughter's parents were. <laughs> we, we were uh, <laughs> she because like they seated us directly under the the cannons, uh, like the confetti cannons. So um, they they opened with the Panic of the Disco song, and it was just like a fucking explosion. And like as soon as that hit, all these children that were were in the first three rows because of the VIP package just were paralyzed with fear and then and then just all of them started screaming and that was just like a domino effect of, of now all these kids see each other just fucking screaming and crying covering their ears so everyone does it so like we gotta get out of here battlefield like a <laughs> yeah, bomb dropped and the, the air really raid sirens like are going yeah. off yeah yeah it's it amazing to me that panic at the disco is still yeah man. like current yeah, with kids yeah yeah they blew up kid. when i was like 12 or 13 they've had a resurgence well yeah because it's like heat but he he like did the whole thing where it was a band and then it's it then it, you know it was just a few yeah. and, you know fewer and fewer members so then it just the became Maroon him and they thing. could make it yeah totally and they could make it they could put whoever they they need to around him um yeah he's a real star and once you've it's weird because once you've crossed into the kid culture that's 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 it like you would think that that's kind of like the hospice for musicians of like oh man only kids like me that kind of sucks but that is where it that's where you've really made it. That's the that's the peak of the moment. I was gonna say I think there's a lot of bands that are very popular. Like when I was 12, who, mm-hmm. um, like Limp Bizkit is one that always comes to my mind. Of like these were like mid 20s guys like trying to make serious music, but right. all their biggest fans were like 12 year olds like me. And yeah, it's like it's, it says something about being emotionally stunted on behalf of like Fred Durst that like 12 year olds are really vibing to your shit that you're like totally. serious about. Yeah, but it's it's so weird because the, it, in in that sense, then your music stays. Well, I mean it. To an extent, some of it will grow with the with the people if the band keeps growing. But I mean that that's For just sure. like a time that's a time capsule. You know, like for Limp Bizkit is now like just like a time capsule, and it's not it's not the kind of thing that really gets passed down from generation to generation. Like, but pop music, pop music does. You know, like that new metal stuff. You know, obviously that's a very that's a, a very specific moment in time. But pop music is absolutely going to get passed down from, from generation to I generation. I think for the vast majority of pop artists, though, you're talking about three or four songs that are getting passed down. Like, totally. To be like a Beatles type of band, that's like less than 1% of even like very <laughs> mainstream popular acts. You know? Right, right. But like Michael Jackson, I mean, I'm talking strictly music, not understanding anything about him when I was a kid was like I mean he was like a god you know what I mean to yeah. to hear he is his on that Beatles and, level for sure totally yeah. so it's it's strange that that music has there's it's like something in it something in it inside the music is like making kids gravitate towards it because yeah. I did kids gravitate to the Beatles I don't I mean I don't even know were like actual kids like 10, 10 and under I did like as a six year old that was when, that was my when shit. the Beatles were but when the Beatles came out like when they when they when the Beatles appeared on the scene. That's you a know, good question. Did 10-year-olds and under like them? Okay, so my dad was born in 55. Mm-hmm. So he was like 10 when the Beatles were doing like um, a Revolver and shit. Yeah. And he was listening to them pretty okay. early. So I would say probably, yeah, I think so. Hmm. That's weird. I, the I, monkeys, I, feel like I think, were yeah. created for that that niche. Right. Absolutely, they were. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like bioengineered to just have something in it that just gets kids on board. Because then once once the kids are on board, the parents have to be on board, you know. And that's, you know, you're 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 doubling your audience, tripling it if they have two parents. Just just by just by getting the kids in. So it's a really weird thing. Um, uh, but then you know we all know what happened to MJ. So that's 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 the gamble you take. He uh, he's he switched his race. And mm-hmm. uh, morning radio stations made fun of him so much that he quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. he quit his career. 
because they mm-hmm. made fun of him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Taylor Swift is going to do that. I think that, you know. Become uh, a pedophile? Yeah, 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 yeah. To change your race and become a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's asexual. <laughs> yeah. she's. Uh, I feel like we are within one or two years of someone else making the song Black Taylor Swift, though. <laughs> I, I think I know who it's got to be, but. <laughs> Wouldn't that Judy be calls. Megan the Stallion? I've never <laughs> yeah, heard her music, so. but Taylor Swift's kind of a horse girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift's got that that thing too that just kids are kids are into it and I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah, how my she has enough like hits that like children and everybody like where she'll definitely have longevity. Yeah, which is cool, I guess. Except on her last two albums. Yeah, but she doesn't need to make good music. Like, there's enough. Right. She put out enough stuff that like it's already like there's certain people who are gonna like that for twenty thirty years. You know? Yeah, she's mm-hmm. got like four or five songs in the canon already. Yeah, totally. It's wild that like when when sort of like a selling point is that she writes her own lyrics. Like when that's that's like an that's such an anomaly in, in like the pop I world. Know. But, and which which are is that it's just not, not true good. anymore. Right. Like right. She, her songs are just written by like Max Martin and shit now. Yeah. It's Those nuts. are the best ones. I don't want her writing it. Her early stuff yeah, exactly. was just like very like simple open chords on an acoustic guitar and just mm-hmm. lyrics yeah. about like middle school stuff. Well, and everyone, a, yeah, everyone like gave her so much praise for it, but she was a great. country star first, wasn't she? Didn't she start as a no, country? I think she sort tried of. to pretend like she sort of was when really it's like she had rich parents that like moved her to Nashville to like make her a star, mm-hmm. and then right away it was like a really mainstream pop like sensation. Yeah, it was always like, a, like the on the very pop side of country. She was from yeah. Pennsylvania, I think. Was really? is, and that's southern. She that's hasn't southern. died yet. I mean, Pennsylvania is like the Florida of the Northeast, so it's pretty southern. <laughs> That's a really good take. <laughs> well, she was from, the, I think, the Philly suburbs. Oh, really? I don't All know. Right. She came yeah. from a rich family. Yeah. So, so here's something from the Wikipedia that, um, speaking of the Beatles, by 2005, Kids Bop had cracked the Billboard 200, a feat it had now accomplished more than any act besides the Rolling Stones, Barbara Streisand, and the Beatles. Man. When did Barbara Streisand have, like, (laughs) hit on hit on hit? Just did that like disappear into a black hole? Every generation loves. Yeah, I have no fucking idea, dude. I I can't name a single song. Hell no, dude. She was definitely one of those artists that yeah, the the kids just loved. (laughs) Oh wait a minute, hold on. Razor and Tie co-founders. Yeah, that's like the. I was going to make like a, I was thinking of a bit of like, imagine like an indie version of Kids Bop, but te- yeah. technically it is like indie it because is. they're like their own label, you know? I, dude, I knew I recognized, yeah, okay, they're, they're, that band, The Pretty Reckless, which I think has that celebrity in it from uh, Taylor Momsen. She was like in the Grinch movie with, um, she was Cindy Lou Who in the Grinch movie with Jim Carrey. That's her band, The Pretty Reckless. Oh, damn, the one where they did The Grinch 2000 with, like, Busta Rhymes and featuring Jim Carrey. <laughs> what? Yeah. Is that for real? <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Everyone YouTube it. The remake's so bad, they had to remake it again. <laughs> yeah. The second remake, time. Yeah. <laughs> remake's so bad, you need to see it twice. There is actually... Yeah, man, this is weird, because it's like... Razor and Tiny Corporate's an imprint of uh, Fearless Records label. They had some some... This is like hardcore bands, dude. This is Fearless Records had uh, at the drive-in. 
Oh, really? Um, Holy shit. Yeah, That's so they, good. They have, I mean, the bands are always on Warped Tour, like Bless the Fall. Again, they have Saves the Day. Ice Night Kills. Yeah, it's crazy. These I are think all... Through Being Cool was on Fearless Records. Okay, this goes, this, wh- wh- why does this have like a, a connection to like the metal hardcore world? I think, so it's through, I think it's through like the few Christian pop punk bands. Yeah, that was Razor and Ty's whole thing, and that's like the bridge between punk bands but, and the Christian world. But there's a band on Razor and Ty, a metal band, um, that is definitely not Christian. I mean, they're just like gun-toting patriots. Uh, well, I guess, <laughs> eh, I guess, well, I mean, I guess that, is, that does make them Christian. It's a different kind of Christian. Yeah, yeah. The punk Christians are always like, it's always yeah. like a Unitarian type of Christian. Right. Oh, Can you imagine so being weird. like fucking at the drive-in though and being label mates with kids, Bob? That rocks. I mean, there's some, this is a weird, uh, this is a weird series of relationships here as to why these are ultimately like tied back to uh, kids, uh, to kids, Bob and like old, old, like post hardcore bands. This is strange. It's going to, and it's going to, it's going to like end up where it's, it's like in the, the mecca of like the kids bop empire is just this old fucking hardcore kid like like Ray from Shelter or something like that. Just a weird like old hardcore dude that you thought was like completely out of the scene, and then it's just he's just been fucking raking in money from kids bop. At some weird. point, kids bop is going to expand, and uh, you're going to end up signed to the kids bop label. I mean, they're just going to suck I, you I, in. I, there's Adult no, there's bop. yeah, dad, dad's, dad's bop. We can do this. I have no problem with that. <laughs> The first if you want to hear dad's, dad's Bob. if you want to hear dad's doing a cover song, you can go to <laughs> yeah, a lot of bars. <laughs> Razor and Ty had significant success with Cletus T. Judd, the weird Al Yankovic of country music. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. In 1997, Razor and Ty released the Monsters of Rock, which was like the ultimate fucking compilation. I remember seeing uh, infomercials for that like relentlessly. Yeah. I have a friend who can recite um, exactly the parts of the songs as they appear in the infomercial. Really? And it's really fucking funny, but I couldn't even try to do it myself. Man, I remember uh, seeing buzz ballads a lot. Buzz ballads was good. I, we were watching um, like old reruns of, I got in like a remote control wormhole the other night on MTV. I don't know if you remember that show. Where like, there'd be like dudes in like recliners and they would like show clips of videos and it was kind of like the pop culture at the time of just yeah, like, yeah. music stuff and they would show clips of videos and you'd have to guess who it was and um i, I think it was charlie from um anthrax was on it and i think bakun posted it where it was like he just fucking smoked he he knew like every single like nanosecond clip for like 20 bands in a row it was awesome to watch <laughs> sorry we got carried away um Oh, yeah, yeah, let me, let anyway. me think of some more uh, stuff here. I, I, I had a couple notes from when I was listening to songs uh, before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched their Old Town Road video. Mm. Um, what's really funny is like, okay, so I mean, we were talking about the production on that very first Kids Bop album where it's like some old guy singing and it's, the vocals are panned and it all sounds really shitty. Like it's, it's absolute fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. Like the new, the new shit is like super polished and very, you know, mainstream pop radio. Yeah. But they make a couple like really weird, um, like creative decisions. Uh, me and Alex were talking about this on Twitter, just like um, during the Old Town Road, like their version of it, the backing vocals on the hook have so much chorus on them 
that it sounds like fucking Animal Collective or Alex said like Blue Jay Way by uh, the Beatles. Like, yeah, it's like it's a like, Leslie speaker. Oh yeah, yeah. Really? It's like a stereo. It's a stereo chorus that's like quickly panning back and forth and like oscillating. And Maybe it's so it, abrasive. I, I wonder weird. if that's what it is that gets. I mean, like I said, there's something subliminal that gets the kids into it. I wonder if that's it. It's it. like like It draws your attention to it if you don't understand what you're listening. Like, it's like a know, big flashing that, light. Yeah, exactly. Like kids don't yeah. have like the kind of ear where they can pick apart like the effects right. and the instruments. So it is just like it's too ab- like an adult doing that on like a pop track would be too uh-huh. abrasive. I think, but it's it's very bizarre. It's binaural I, um, beats for uh, uh, yeah. sugar rush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For eating yeah, too much candy. Yeah, it sends you into like a transcendent state of consciousness if you listen to it too much. As an adult, just anyone over 35 listening to it like transcends. Gives they, you diabetes. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, I had actually successfully avoided hearing Old Town Road until I heard it, heard the kids' about version of it. That was the first time I ever heard, heard that so song. So when, we when we were just on the East Coast for E1, um, me and Andrew heard it in a lift um, and the, is, that like, what, is that what English people call elevators? Is that what you're doing? You're doing yeah, we were in the British? lift. We were going okay. from floor zero okay. to floor two or whatever the English do. But um, then the next, like the next couple of days, Andrew's claiming that he never heard the song. I was like, dude, you just heard it yeah. like, the other night. But the thing is, this song's like 45 seconds long. It is that short, huh? So, it really is? Well, well, no, it's like a minute and a half or something. No, but it is like the kids' bop version is the yeah. enti- is that the entire it's insanely, song? insanely, insanely short. Whole thing. Okay. So he just like literally ah. didn't like process yeah. hearing it because it was so short right man imagine making that fucking song you know and i mean for that what, what, what was the what's the background of that song as a production is it like an did he like was he like i a think sleeper it was self-produced like, yeah self-produced like he he put it out himself right like he was yeah. i heard that he was like sleeping on somebody's couch and just like making beats and then put that song out and then it gets so yeah. fucking big that it kids the great thing it. about it is that it samples um that instrumental Nine Inch Nails album. Mm. It's like Ghosts, like, you know, one right. through four or whatever it so was called. So Trent, Trent's, like, credited on it, huh? Yeah, he is. It's his, Trent Reznor's only number one hit ever. Unbelievable. I know, isn't it? Is That's he going to say the right same there. thing he said with Johnny Cash Hurt? It's his song now. <laughs> 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 that would be good because, like, he doesn't need that song. One of the instrumentals exactly. from Ghosts. You can have yeah. it. Yeah, seriously. It is funny, yeah, though, sick. how... With uh, new artists that are actual teens, why is there a kids' pop version like Billy Ellis or like uh, or Lil Nas X is nineteen, right? And the kids it's, in the video are like fourteen, yeah. so right. purely branding and getting, you know, having shit for them to tour on, getting like the money from putting out the albums. Obviously, like the original songwriters get all kinds of royalties off that, but it's like, it's just like branding and being an institution, right? Yeah. And I guess like kind of once you, once you, yeah, I mean, if that's your thing, then that's obviously like, you're just going to jump on the, the, you know, as soon as the song comes out, you got to jump on it. It's like when, um, when Eminem sampled Dido, like, wasn't it like the Dido song came out and then like Eminem just sampled it like immediately and then put, put that Stan song out like that yeah, right absolutely. afterwards. And yeah. The thing about that was though, he made it better because that was the only good part of the Dido song mm-hmm. and he made it feel cool and made it feel right. And it worked. Right. You know? Yeah, you're right. He did. He really put his... That's still Eminem's best song, maybe, or that's his most thoughtful song, which is kind of a stupid <laughs> thing to say, maybe. But maybe that's really stupid, but I like that song. Do you really? Yeah, I like that. Maybe it's because I, <laughs> like, um, I was like 11 years old when it came out, or mm. 12 or something, so I have yeah. like some kind of, you know, 
I was susceptible yeah. to it. But. That Marshall Mathers EP was good. I can't believe they didn't. Yeah. There, there's got to be some stuff that, the, and, and that, oh, that's another thing too. Like what, I mean, at, at, cause there is some content in some of the kids bop songs that is obviously like, you know, a little too risque for, for normal kids. So how do they figure out which songs have like the, the most acceptable amount and like which ones just cross the line and just can't make the yeah, cut? I was curious about that too. I started Googling things like, um, wait the whisper song like really mm-hmm. hoping that they did like yin yang twins or something <laughs> yeah but yeah. like the best thing i could find is that they did hinder lips of an angel Ooh, and it's another really? one did they really yeah they did and it's just recorded like shit like it's uh-huh. maybe like um it's on kids bop 11 actually so it's like a little bit into the the career but it sounds like shit and it's another one with like some middle-aged dude doing yeah. the lead vocal and the kids are just like singing the hooks behind him that's crazy. And they hmm. didn't change the lyrics, so it's just super awkward and weird. Ooh, they do Werewolves of London on the Kids About Halloween. Ooh, interesting. CD. That's a yeah, very that scary a, song. It's a very scary <laughs> song. I always think it's a real wolf, and I just I, my heart starts beating fast. <laughs> they, should, they should have it's done dark. that as the first song at the show that you yeah. saw. And the cannons go off, and they make the wolf. Oh. They set wolves out into the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Hmm. We should tell Dan to do that for Wolf Parade. Have the cannons and then start with the um, Werewolves of London. Shoot a wolf out of a cannon (laughs) (laughs) into the crowd. (laughs) 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 Trying to find some other songs that I kind of wish. That's what Sarah Palin did at her rallies. Remember that? Oh yeah, when she was like a hockey mom. Yeah, yeah. She she shoot shoot wolves out of a cannon into the crowd. Killed several people. Into her helicopter. She's got to be so mad that Trump's president because that should be her. Like, Sarah Palin put in the work to be Trump and somehow he just came in. Why isn't she the vice president? Right. Yeah, that's a little bullshit for her. I'm going to be the first one to say it here. She deserved it and I have all kinds of sympathy (laughs) for her now. Party, they did Party Like a Rockstar on Kids About 13. Ooh, hell yeah. Hmm. So let me bring up what I found as like the most amazing Kids Bop album Okay. That I could stumble on here. It's called um, Kids Bop Party Pop. It's from 2014. Okay. And this track listing is fucking amazing. Um, it opens with What Does the Fox Say? Then the second song is Axel F from Beverly Hills Cop. That like instrumental. like Just the instrumental? No, but then they just sang nonsense over it. No, there weren't. So they just said like nonsense syllables over it. No way. Like scatting? Yeah, it's really cool. People got to check that out. Yeah. Then it's Gangnam Style. Then it's peanut butter jelly time. Epic. Then it's Family the guy. hamster dance. Family the hamster dance the song in 2014, they covered it. Wow, wow. That one's for the old heads out there, you know? When yeah, did hamster real, dance real. come out? Uh, what, like 99, 98, I'm going to say? It could have been over 15 years between them. Easily. Really incredible. Which kid would and know then, that? No one would know that who wasn't born in the 90s. They're bringing it, they're bringing it, like, like we were saying, these classic pop songs that last for generations. Hamster Dance Song is one of those songs. Mm-hmm. But everything else on this album is amazing. Whip My Hair, Party Rock Anthem, That's pretty, Cha-Cha yeah. Slide, Who Let the Dogs Out. Just, like, phenomenal. Hmm, man. I wonder what it, I, I, there, it ha, there has to be some sort of, like, industry relationship that gets these on, like, a kid's bop list. You know no, what I mean? No, but I would say, a, I think... Um, if you're going to sample something, you have to get clearance from the artist. But if you're going to cover it, you don't need clearance. So that's like the genius of Kids Bop that like they don't need to clear any of it. But the suggestions sometimes seem like the song 
the song seemed to be suggested by the industry, like the yeah, weird yeah, song choices. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, to like give it some sort of, I don't know, a push or something. You know what I mean? Like if something's kind of falling off and they, they kind of revive it with yeah. by having yeah. one of the sexy kids do it. The guy who started the Hamster Dance website was just like, please, man. I'm out of work and I'm living off this meme from 15 years ago. He's waiting on VH1 to do I Love the Late 90s, Early 2000s internet. He's going to be on like Celebrity Deathmatch against Psy. Yeah. Something I wonder about is whether What Does the Fox Say benefited from its closeness to Gangnam Style, like in time. Yeah. It it had views taken away from it. Because it's sort of like coasted. You totally, Behind it, totally it. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I would say it rode the wave. Yeah. 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 Did he have another song? Did Did Psy have another song after that? Uh, Not really. He got. I think like, he tried to. He had a couple a, singles and videos, and they were wacky. But yeah, I'm sure he still got like a billion views on him, but of no course. one talked about him. Yeah. Man. Yeah, he's got King himself, Daddy. Oh boy, I don't even know. He was still putting out albums though. 2017, he had an album. Psy eighth, four times two equals eight. That sounds good. It's intriguing. How's the Harlem Shake guy doing? Man, I was just talking um, about it the other day. Is That's that Bauer? Is that his name? How's mm. Bauer? So, Bauer? So I have a, a kind like, of... Um, yeah, it's like B-A-A-U-E-R. Oh, uh, okay. But what thinking was, about um, Psy and Gangnam Style, I got kind of like a tangential anecdote here where uh, one of my friends who does like live sound in Chicago... Um, like a month or two ago, he did like a big show for some Korean, it wasn't even a boy band. It was just like a solo, like male teen Korean pop star, um, at like maybe like a two or 3000 capacity venue, um, where like a lot of all the fans are like teenage girls in the U S who like this, like Korean pop star, Mm -hmm. um, a surprising number of them pay like $250 for like VIP where they get to take pictures with them and stuff like that. Get to have their faces painted. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, but it's like this dude just comes from South Korea. He only plays like LA, Chicago, New York, Toronto. He comes with just him and a DJ and then they sell thousands and thousands of tickets at like, you know, some of them for $250 each just kind of clean up on four shows and just go back to South Korea. That's fucking great. Yeah, it's like crazy. You don't have to bring shit in terms of gear. Like in that sense, it's like podcasting where we can travel yeah. with like a backpack and whatever. Yeah, it's South like a Korea whole is type like of thing. It's a very like, new kind of thing. They're good at capitalism the way they're good at StarCraft. They just know <laughs> yeah. exactly what to do, and it's just wildly <laughs> successful. That yeah. is entirely correct. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, I mean, if if you can just not even. Really show, but okay. But here's the thing: if you cannot really, if if you're big enough to not really have to show up, like it takes like nothing to travel. Um, you know, you're just kind of in and out, um, like private jets, playing like these select shows, maybe doing residencies. Like I've I've known people that work for dudes like that, and like uh, Skrillex like started in a hardcore band, so like I I, I kind of know him, and you know, way before he like was who he is now even when he was just kind of getting started they would still even if they do their you know they'd fly on a private jet they do their residency for like fucking hundred fifty thousand people they carry nothing with them but a backpack everything's there waiting everything gets taken down they don't need to talk to anybody they still will like go to a venue down the street and just party until like four o'clock in the morning playing music you know what i mean like they it seems like it's this like really insane 
easy lifestyle, but like they are like constantly doing like double or triple shifts per night. Like it, the, there's the main event, but they're like the after parties are just as crazy. And those are the ones that don't even get promoted because they'll just like show up and just fucking open their laptop yeah, and then sell it out. So, I mean, yeah, it's, and it helps if you actually so hard. enjoy doing it and shit. Totally. Yeah. We, we talked about him on a previous episode of this where we were just saying like, he has the unique situation of being able to ride uh, two nostalgia waves alternating. Absolutely. You just keep going back and forth between <laughs> the hardcore wave and like the yep. dubstep wave. Yeah. I remember yeah. we were. Did on you know the guy from first to last was, uh, <laughs> he had a dubstep project? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? This, I don't know if this is, your, this is material worth keeping, but um, he, uh, we were on tour with them when he quit the band to start his. Um, like DJ career, like he was just like I'm just I'm like I'm gonna get off the road. And I'm just gonna kind of like devote my time to to writing electronic music. That's what I want to do. So he quit like in the middle of the tour, but like a few days oh, yeah. bef- a few days before he quit, he and I were like we we're at a show in um, Columbus, Ohio, and we like were walking around. And we went to a, a bookstore, and he got um, L. Ron Hubbard's. Uh, Dianetics book and became a Scientologist like on the spot oh, no. and then and then <laughs> a few days later he was out of the band. Next time I heard from him, he was like a fucking multimillionaire just like selling out yeah. stadiums. So, <laughs> That's very bizarre. I didn't know hate that. To say it works. Yeah, yeah. Hate to say it works, but it seems to. If anybody's uh, you know, on that note, we got plenty more to talk about. But on that note, we're gonna kind of cut out on this episode. Uh, we'll put the rest up um, as another episode. But I'm gonna play us out with a new song from Alex. That's called Dog yes. Meat Car that actually would have fit better in the episode when we talked about the Beach Boys and shit, but let's just uh, play this well, the kids, song now. Let's get it to the kids' bop kids. Yeah, let's get it to them and make it a hit. Sitting on one